So there you were, Michael. Christmas Eve with the family at your parents' house. I've been sitting on this cliffhanger for a month now. You didn't bring I it up that last week. I down too. Yeah. And I so just can't bear it anymore. It like that. We just got to get right in. Okay. Um, right. So, yeah, this had a hilarious story from Christmas Eve. Just basically, it's, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be the feature story uh, when I give my dad's eulogy, I think. <laughs> it's nice to have that it. sorted so early. I honestly knew it while it was happening. I was like, this is going to make, this is going to kill at your funeral, dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get, we, we, were at, uh, we were at our auntie's place for Christmas Eve dinner. Had everyone was wasted. Um, we got to our house, uh, just the so me, dad, and uh, Ben. We stayed, it was probably like 3 a.m. Um, so we got home at about 3 a.m. and there had been a uh, a dead kangaroo. <laughs> you know, you've been to my house, like, uh, yeah, it's, in it's, Adelaide. It's We're kind of bush. somewhat in the hills, in kind the scrub. Of, and there's like a little bit at the backyard. There's like a kind of a ditch. It's kind of like a hill that goes down. Anyway, there's a dead, rotting kangaroo that's just sitting at the, at the bottom of that with the, with its head, decomposed maggots in it. And we had noticed this earlier on the day uh, because we we could smell something, and um, we were just like I was I was hoping I was like I'm here for like four days, no one's gonna like, this, this isn't is gonna their come problem up. yeah. Yeah, um, and it was smelling pretty rank. And then, yeah, so we got, out, got home at 3 a.m., wasted. I was about to go to bed, and Dad comes up and he says to Ben and I, boys, we're going to have to move this kangaroo now. <laughs> and we're like, what? And he's like, listen, we're going to move it right now. And we're like, no, we're not fucking moving it. It's, it's dead. It's literally mailed. Christmas Day now. It is, yeah. It's, by this time, it's 3.30 a.m. I'm not moving a decomposing kangaroo. And uh, then he got all sulky after we like laughed. We thought he was joking in a way. <laughs> and then he got all sulky and said, fine, I'll get your mother to do it. And we laughed. We thought, again, that was a joke. <laughs> then he, sh- he shuts the door. And we move. We hear him open up the bedroom door and go, Fran, Fran. And we're like, oh, fuck, dad, don't wake mum up to help you move a dead kangaroo at 3 a.m. while you're pissed. <laughs> And so we got him out of there. We're like, fine, we'll do it. Because we didn't want him to have to wake mum up. So Ben, my dad and I... Uh, pitch darkness. Pitch darkness. I was on... It looked like Blair Witch Project. Because I just had the torch on my, fo- my torch on my phone. Tying rope to this kangaroo. Tying around its legs. This is like stenching of maggots. Ben, ben actually... This is, this is a direct quote. Oh, fuck, I've got maggots in my Doc Martens. That's what, a direct quote from Ben. And we somehow managed to lift up this kangaroo. We had to drag it up. This is probably, I I estimated like 150 kilos, maybe 140 kilos, up the hill into a trailer. And the reason why Dad wanted to do it at 3.30 a.m. was because his plan was to dump it down the road um, uh, in like some sort of shrubbery, uh, 
and then hope that the uh, the council rangers that come up there daily would do something about it instead of us having to pay. <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, and How long we, did it take you? The whole process probably took about an hour and a half. Jesus. It was so heavy. It was unbelievably heavy. We were unbelievably pissed. Yeah. In more um, ways than one, I imagine, by the end of it. To be honest, like by the end of it, it was like this giddy kind of. Loofiness. I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I can't believe you asked us to do like this is just amazing the whole thing. It just felt unreal, and then and the smell was just like adding to it. It became like laughing gas. It was so, it was hilariously stinky. Yeah, I, I mean there is something unmistakable, probably biologically something unmistakable about the sense of rotting flesh. It's just the oh. ultimate warning signal of don't go yeah. near this. Keep yeah, away yeah, from yeah. this fucking thing. Yeah. It just gets like right up your nose. Um, yeah. We've had, this is not the same, but um, at my old place in um, Adelaide that we used to get possums and every now yep. and then one of them would get in the roof and then because they're fucking dumb, they would just get stuck and die and then you just have some rotting possum in the roof of your house. And because of the way that house was like architected, it's not like you can walk around in the attic. It's like, it's gone into a corner. It's just died. So they can't like the pest control people, they can't get it out. There's no way to get it. It's just decomposing to the point where, um, last year, um, there were maggots pouring out in the, um, in the sunlight like there's one of those like um, skylights, uh, which showed through the roof, um, and it was filling up with maggots. And Mum would have to get up there and clean out all the maggots like every day because this possum oh, was decomposing. Man. And there's just nothing you can do, and it just sits there, and the entire house smells of dead possum for literally like a month. No. Yeah. No. I'm so squeamish with <clears throat> with that stuff. Yeah, it's it was hilarious as well because Emma was in Scotland at that time having Christmas with her family, um, and didn't want to she, spend it with you. Um, yeah, well, her family's. Uh, I get the sense that they're a little bit posh, and um, <laughs> and they. I mean, she said, <laughs> I mean, comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, on the back of the story that you just told us, well, that it doesn't was the take funny things. So doesn't it, take much because it was like three thirty a.m., four a.m. my time. By the time we get back, I come back, I look at my phone, and there's a message from Emma. It's just like, you know, Christmas morning champagne with the with the family, and they're all like looking all nice and done up and stuff. And I just sent her a message of us us wearing like bandanas around our mouths <laughs> because because of the stench and a dead kangaroo and Ben posing next to me going, Merry Christmas. Wow. Um, yeah. Except it was false. Yeah. It would have been Christmas Eve in the UK. You're a liar, Michael, and you won't live it down. Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Oh, gosh, I hope that you can all just breathe easy knowing the end of that cliffhanger from a month ago. I'm certainly very satisfied. I hope you are, too. This is a, a podcast in which we talk about that sort of stuff and other sort of stuff through the miracle... That sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it tends to be once a week we talk about at least some kind of 
Australiana or rotting animal. Sitting through the internet with me is Michael Zabrecki. Say hi, Michael Zabrecki. Hi, Michael Zabrecki. And my name is Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Still giving out my last name. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore, but (laughs) every time you say my last name, I say don't. don't Do you want to just be Michael? It's too late. Okay. It's too Uh, late. How about I just say Michael Z. Simpsons joke. Sure. What are you drinking? Uh, It's a summer ale. A Monteith's summer ale. I've got a summer ale too. Nice. But I'm I'm actually drinking currently. That's just my backup. This Garage Project. DFA. Oh, yeah. Now, funny story about this. I hope it is. Garage Project. Garage Project, uh, New Zealand brewery. No? Yep. Now, they this beer was previously called Death From Above. Uh-huh. But then it was pulled from circulation because apparently death from above is offensive. No. Well, now it's For just some... abbreviated. Well, now, no, now it is. Now it's Latin. Demis favorium amori. Does it still and mean you know death from above? <laughs> no, it, it, it stands for uh, we, we stand for love. Oh, that's quite nice. Is it? But they just use the same acronym. I know, but it's like a cute marketing ploy. Oh, I guess so. Um, well, I'm, did I'm you see that? <laughs> did you see that Donald Trump Jr. thought that SNL was S and L? That's so good. It is very good. Saturday and live. <laughs> Saturday and live, <laughs> but any particular time you like. Um, fair, that's a fair. If you're not watching, if you're only watching like a couple of episodes <laughs> of Saturday and live, I mean, that's a fair thing to. To think, I think. It's been around for 40 fucking years. Have you seen his beard? Um, He's got a beard. No. Ted Cruz has got a beard. Yeah, they all... Everyone's got a beard. Brilliant. They, they all they're look about, good. <laughs> they, all, oh, they do not all look good. They look amazing. <laughs> they look, <laughs> they look like fucking amazing. low polygon, like early PlayStation 1 resolution beards that you've just like cycled through on time splitters. It, <laughs> um, it is not a good yep. look for any of them. I was thinking. I was watching the State of the Union yesterday, and I was thinking it would be a cool idea, or maybe uh, the worst idea, uh, to do like an Entertainment Tonight style um, rundown of what the politicians are are wearing, like at something like the State of the Union, <laughs> and just like yeah. just treat it really seriously. You want and- the red carpet beforehand. You want to yeah. know who people are wearing, where they got that brooch. Exactly. There was actually some analysis of it because I saw that uh, Ocasio Cortez was wearing a a pin with the face of a child who died in ice custody on the border. So yeah. there was a little bit of um, like uh, speculation about that already. I saw people talking about Nancy Pelosi's sarcastic like "fuck you" clap, but also oh, trying to. She's um, hilarious. It was very good. It was like a complete Lucille Bluth kind of like like real sarcastic yeah. bitch. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I saw people, uh, trying to interpret her necklace, which was like two red balls surrounded by a ring of like blue and they were reading in some kind of like meaning to the democratic overthrow of the Republicans and stuff. So th- there was, I, a, there I was, there was actually them. a little bit of, of fashion police on display already. Yeah. I guess it does make it harder when everyone's basically wearing a uniform. Yeah. That was a funny uh, funny thing to watch live, actually. Did you actually watch all of it? 
Yeah. Oh god. I just yeah. watched yeah. watched the reactions to it afterwards. I didn't. I yeah, didn't want to sit through a, a Trump speech. <laughs> but I'm trying to I'm trying to practice pointing out the things that I that are problematic myself without the news telling me. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting uh, intellectual exercise. Not that hard, but incidentally, <laughs> yeah. Trump. But see, when you level up, well, you can start to apply it to like Australian politics and see whether you like. Yeah, with slightly less outlandish characters, whether you can also spot the things you intellectually or politically disagree with. Yeah, yeah. What did we do last week, by the way? Uh, we did Evil Businesses and Louis Two Point Oh, that was good. Um, not the podcast. Well, I don't, I don't know if, if it was good, but <laughs> that podcast. was a good topic. Don't but act maybe... like you didn't listen to it. I listened to a little bit of it to see. I usually just skim skim it on like super fast to see if I've said anything really shit. <laughs> like, um, I was thinking, I was having a chat with uh, with uh, a dude <laughs> who goes to another school, um, and. <laughs> Uh, the, I was, yeah. So, do you think that, do you think that there's something in the world that everyone could agree on? Yeah. That Ben Affleck should have been Batman for the next movie. Do you think that? 100% of the world agrees. <laughs> why did the world, why did everyone hate Ben Affleck as Batman? Uh, I think it was more because the movies itself were bad. He didn't get good scripts to do anything with. I thought he was quite good. I don't. I don't think it is universally true that a lot of people hated him. I think there were a lot of people that did like him. It's just the movies were bad. Who's doing it now? Matt Reeves, who did uh, Let Me In and War for the Planet of the Apes and uh, Cloverfield. And right, I got to Google this guy. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. Matt um, Reeves back. <coughs> What do you mean, okay. what? He looks like Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, no, he is Gary Oldman. That's his uh, <laughs> pen name. This twat. Well, yes, I'm assuming that you've correctly Googled Matt Reeves, but yes. Okay, I'll, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Probably not going to be a very productive Batman by the looks of me. He's not Batman. He's the fucking director. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you said that guy was Batman. No. I asked who you, I asked you who's who's directing it. I know, and I told you who was directing it. Oh, no, 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 I meant I'll fight you meant just understand what I'm don't listen to <laughs> I my didn't words. Hear listen you to ask what I'm who is gonna be Batman, because they haven't announced who is okay. gonna be Batman. Well that's what I meant. Yeah, okay. Well no. <laughs> Matt Reeves himself, though I would enjoy it, is not going to be Batman. <laughs> He's not going to direct himself as Batman, a la Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay. He doesn't look like it. Yeah. So, anyhow, I think the world can agree that Ben Affleck should have got another chance to make his, his own Batman. Though, to be fair, he did get a chance to make his own Batman, and then he pulled out. Right. Um. Well, uh, uh, in seriousness, I think most people would agree... Uh, this is a nebulous concept, but I think most people would say we want peace. Um, I, I don't think, think so. 
You think some people wouldn't want Pete? Yep. Do you think that they would say it even if that wasn't true? I think. Or are we talking about intrinsic agreeing? I'm talking about literally every person in the world ticking yes. Like, what could you boil down to one question where everyone ticked yes? Well, they didn't tick it because they're going to be some pranksters. Um, but, you know... Would, would honestly, honestly answer. Yeah. Because you get some psychopaths that don't want peace. Are we including all... Like, is is all ages? Are we including Everyone. all mental capacity? Well, you can't get babies to sign something can you so there has to be like a lower age limit you don't need to but, sign it it's just going to be a yeah but you can't ask a baby a question can you well you can <laughs> unless you unless you okay here's my here's my pitch here's the, here's yeah. the answer do you need to poop right now everyone in the world <laughs> the answer will be yes do you know i think something along the lines of like do you like um do you like the beach? Well, not <laughs> Absolutely that, not. No, no, no. You can't not. ask anything like that. It needs to be almost existential. It needs to be, do you want a million dollars? Everyone in the world would say yeah. yes to that. Yeah. Would they? Would, would a Buddhist? Oh, true. Would, what about, do you enjoy food? Yeah, but some people don't. Mm. Enjoy food. Yeah, I know. I had that thought as well. <laughs> but then food. there are people. <laughs> there are people who like drink those fucking protein powder replacement things. We don't need to eat anything solid. You just drink like a substitute soylent drink for your entire life. There are people who uh, like anorexic. There, are, you know, there are all kinds of ways that people don't enjoy food. People about... who have IBS. What about this? Do you want to be happy? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think some people some would say people, no. No, everyone wants to be happy in some way. Even if, even if, even if you, you are aiming not to be happy or you're saying, I don't want to be happy, that in itself is making you happy in some way. No, because I could picture a way in which like a, uh, say like a, an activist or something who's, doing something for a cause is trying to like keep spirited keep you know uh, pushing for change or whatever and they don't they're not sad they don't want to be content they don't want to be placated they want to like strive for more i could picture people saying no i don't want to be happy i want to be angry i want to be but happy happy what happiness is a state like you can be you can be a happy person like and but uh, happiness is also an ideal. So even those types of people would still want happiness. They'd want it for everyone, but they'd also want it for themselves. Well, it doesn't matter what, whether it's like being handed out to them or to everyone. That's irre- it's, it's irrelevant whether it affects everyone else on the earth. The only question you're asking is about their own selves. Uh, sure. But I think, I think, that's, I think everyone could... I think everyone wants to be happy. I don't happiness... Think- I think the thing that feels good. Look, I genuinely, I agree with you. I get, I I understand the argument, but I'm thinking about, you know, 8 billion people. Do do I honestly believe that not one of them would say nah to that? I don't think so. I think, I think there is someone who would say nah. 
Well, if they don't, if there's some people that then, then we're never. Maybe there's maybe the answer is you can't get anyone. I think you can't get everyone to agree on one thing. I think that's. Thing. I think that that is probably true, unless you offer them a million dollars, which led to happiness. Well, yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, your, your Buddhist point is still true, probably. Yeah, I I don't know that there is one thing that everyone could agree on. It would just have to be. Oh no, you can't even. You couldn't even do like, is this pen red? Because people are colorblind. Yeah. Well, they they, can, they still know red though, don't they? Even colorblind yeah, but, people. But some people might just say, "No, nah, that's pink. No, nah, that's maroon." No, but this is this is a telepathic test. This is so a it's very not, red pen. It's like intrinsically, but then I think I think the only problem you'd have if you asked everyone in the world is this pen red would be from the f- fucking philosophy nerds. Yeah, which would be like, well, what is red? That's uh, what a pens. Those philosophy pricks are really. Really annoying. Yeah, and I hate listening to that when podcasts. it comes to this type of quiz. <laughs> yeah, well, you never want to sit next to a philosophy nerd when they're on BuzzFeed. Hell's no. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I, should I just cross that one off? Cross that off. I got uh, a um, crossed off two things already. That's so satisfying. I got a. Um, I don't know how much of it we want to do, but I got a few like banked up science newses which we could rattle through. Yeah, let's just have a loosey-goosey, I think. Let's loosey-goose and let's let's just tick off some stuff that's been stewing away in our brain no boxes. Offense, no offence to geese. I intended offence to geese, so do not speak <laughs> for me. Uh, 100%. I, I'm ready to slut-shame those birds as long as it takes. <laughs> uh, uh, not only loosey-gooses, but they... I mean, <laughs> silly, geese, silly geese as well. Yeah. Um, they, they get a bad rap when it comes to... A, those yeah, types of saying, you silly goose, yeah, silly uh, goose, you loose goose, you fucking idiot goose, bitch. <laughs> which comes up so often, it's yeah. kind of disconcerting the number of times I mean, that I worst... just see you screaming at like waterfowl <laughs> in a park. You stupid goose. <laughs> yeah, and I I hate it though when it gets kind of personal when they're like, mm. "Hey, goose, you're adopted." <laughs> Your parents gave you away. You're like the ugly you're like the ugly duckling that instead of turning into a beautiful swan, you just turned into a goose and everyone knows that gooses are disgusting. What is a goose? I don't even know what a goose is. I've been saying this word. What is a goose? Oh yeah, I know what a goose is. Uh, it's like it's like a fun. I'm thinking of babe. It's like really. a it's like a necky duck. Yeah, it is close to with a, a real like though, stupid sound, like a real kind of yeah, like no, not quite no, not not that one. And they're aggressive too, aren't they? Yeah. Hey, and fucking scary. Hey, lay off the pills, goose. You're getting up in my grill. All about those pills. <laughs> Overly medicated. Those are those are unnaturally aggressive animals in a real problematic way that I think our society has been too willing to forgive for too long. Yeah. Toxic goosulinity. 
as they say. <laughs> oh, play the jingle. It's that time. Time for science news. Hydrogen. Jupiter. Hoverboard. Good groups, good groups, good groups. Might might do a uh, might do a remix at some point. Ooh, a goosey remix. Um, look, we got a whole bunch of exciting stuff that's happening in science world. I mean, we check in every now and then, but it's important to remember science is happening all around us all the time, and we, you know, we're just dipping our toes in the water. But it's it's. Like, there's a lot going on. So um, let's do a couple of these back-to-back. This was the big one this week, which freaked me out. I don't know if you saw this. Um, this is a story on Wired.com. Biohackers encoded malware in a strand of DNA. Marcus Abrecki, did you see this story? No. Okay. So, biologists can synthesize DNA. And when they do so they are very careful not to create dangerous genetic cone that could be toxic or infectious or a disease or something like that. But hackers have now demonstrated a way that they can basically code into DNA a sequence that won't infect humans or animals, but computers. Hackers? Hackers, right? So what they've done is they have encoded basically software into physical strands of DNA so that when that DNA is assessed at a crime lab or in a uh, scientific, um, you know, laboratory or something, and it goes through a gene sequencer, the data that the genetic code spits out becomes a program that actually hacks the software on the computer and, like, takes control of it. What? So it's like a cybersecurity threat formed by custom DNA sequencing that, when read by the computer, opens up <laughs> the computer to cyber attack. So the DNA isn't actually the DNA. Affected. The DNA it's is just how the computer reads it. The DNA is affected. You have to manually change the DNA, put in a, 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 a gene sequence that, when gets processed as a series of um, you know, letters and code in the computer software is but read uh, and processed. How, they, how are you getting access to DNA? So you can get access to DNA any way you want. You just take like a blood sample or whatever, extract some DNA and then code it differently or you print it out. But how are hackers getting access to it? Well, everyone's got DNA everywhere. Right, but... You're just making a... You're what, using, why, you're using why a DNA sequencer because they're proving, uh, they're proving a point. They're proving a like a cyber weakness, uh, a security weakness, I should say, in um, in the systems that are used to process DNA. So they encoded. Uh, let me actually find a way that they did it. Uh, they grabbed so a DNA sequencer works by mixing. DNA with chemicals that bind differently to the basic units of DNA code, which is the chemical bases A, T, C, and G. Um, Each of those A, T, C, and G emit a different color of light, which is captured in a photo of the DNA molecules. 
So they basically carefully um, spliced together um, a, a sort of an attack code into a strand of DNA in the form of A's, T's, G's and C's and then had to make sure that it was stable so that the DNA didn't like degrade or, or fall apart when they were doing this. Um, they needed to find a code basically that would survive as physical DNA material, which they then sent in like a plastic vial in the mail to uh, a lab to scan and compromise the computer. Isn't that insane? Like literally in the membrane. <laughs> oh, um, surprisingly good. That was that is terrifying. Yeah. It uh, look practically is this going to be an imminent problem for people? Not really, but it speaks to the level of complexity that we're now entering into in the world in which uh, more and more of us. I, I say us loosely more and more of society will be able to do gene sequencing and access dna and process it at a speed that's practical and uh you know rely on it when uh it's an increasing part of like our security networks and uh state ids and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's a fascinating new world that we're entering is it Every time I think of a hacker, I they every hacker wears a wears a hoodie. Well, yeah, I and mean that's how you get your ears. It's only illuminated by a computer screen. Yeah, I mean you don't want to tie your eyes out by having too many light sources in a room. True. You get this um, on. <laughs> exactly. The um, the out the theoretical purpose of doing a trick like this would be to. A, gain access to a computer system which has been testing DNA and then compromise or change the results so that you could exonerate or falsely frame like a, a criminal um, who's been accused of a crime. You'd, you might, you'd have access to the metal with those results or you could gain uh, access to a database of um, genetic information which you could then steal and reproduce to, you know, get access to security services or to leave it crime scenes as a cover or all kinds of things you don't generally want malicious actors to have access to your dna when you started this story i genuinely thought that they were like creating dna to create some sort of talking gorilla <laughs> why that i don't know that's just where my brain went because i'm probably an idiot well i that's I, probably why I think it's actually sensible to be wary of all p potential gorilla-based attacks because I think it's an area <laughs> that gets overlooked a lot in modern society. Uh, gorillas are the most aggressive vegetarians. How, how do you be an aggressive vegetarian? How? Yeah. You're just really defending a tree. Or are those two sort of independent thoughts? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How do you be an aggressive vegetarian? Just really defending a tree. <laughs> Is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. 
<laughs> just I just, really I just, loving it, trees. It's a really weird... It's just an overlap <laughs> of two facts, which I don't really see the connection between. It's like saying eels are the most pacifist omnivores. In it, like, I don't know how these two behaviours overlap. Um, <laughs> which is, you're, you're right on the money, though, with the eel thing. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> um, no, just you know, just spitting out, spitting out, spitting out juice, spitting out <laughs> facts. That's that's what I call facts now. Juice, <laughs> spitting out juice. Yeah, juice. Um, so I put well, on the news in the morning. I'm just like, just having some juice. <laughs> Well, let me... Uh, no, if I'm listening to CNN, though, tell you what. Fake, fake, fake juice. That's like fruit drink. It's not exactly juice. It looks like juice. It smells like juice. But it's about 5% juice. And the rest of it, it's just shit. Although, apple and guava drink, very good drink. Very good drink. But sticks all in your mouth. Roof of the mouth, back of the tongue. It'll be good for about... A glass, and then you're like, fuck, this is shit. <laughs> what does guava taste like? No like, idea. No I don't think ever knows. anyone's ever eaten or had a guava by itself. No, they haven't. No. I bet it would be bitter. I think it's probably like grapefruit. You think, yeah, I was picturing like a, like a blood orange or like a pink grapefruit sort of flavor. Probably bitter. Yeah. Hey, uh, how about some science news? Play the jingle! <laughs> It's that time. Time. Nah, let's not. Let's not do it every time. Oh, uh, it's still my ringtone. Is it still your ringtone? Yeah, I'm coming to. I'm, yeah, I'm at the end of the rope with that one. To be honest. How many phone calls do you get? Because I had two phone calls today in the space of fifteen minutes, and it felt honestly like a threat. <laughs> it felt aggressive and unwarranted. <laughs> And after it phone? happened, I needed to put the phone down and just, like, walk away for a moment. I had one phone call which came out of nowhere. And then before it even finished, I got the boop-boop of yeah. someone else's on the boop-boop on the, the other phone line. Phone calls are aggressive in the age of text messaging. Yeah. I think phone calls are aggressive. It's, it's like, who the fuck is calling me? And at 6.45 p.m. I mean, that's prime dinner time. Who was it? It was my first uh, a friend followed by my old boss. So, yeah, it was just a very unexpected alignment of phone calls after probably not having had a phone call in, I want to say, seven years. What? I don't get phone calls. I can't... No. I, I don't get phone calls. Anyway. Um, well, you don't know, you don't know the, the extent of it until... You've had, you know, if you've got debts that you need to pay and then you've got, like, no caller ID coming up and calling you for <laughs> five times a day and you're like, oh, which one's this one? Is it my phone bill? Is it my rent? Is it my bank? And and then it becomes a fun little game of, like, oh, who's this? Who am, who's going to be angry at me today? <laughs> yeah. Um. Play the jingle. Uh, a bit more science news because there's a lot going on. Uh, this one I found quite interesting. Uh, Michael, does your family have any history of Alzheimer's? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Well, that's quite fortunate, really. I can't actually remember if they have. <laughs> uh, 
here's the headline in New Scientist. We may finally know what causes Alzheimer's and how to stop it. If you had to place a guess, Michael, what would you say the cause of Alzheimer's is? Um, broken heart. Broken heart. Very close. Completely wrong. Uh, unexpected. This surprised me. After decades of investigation, they may have a new lead on fighting Alzheimer's disease. Compelling evidence has come to light that the condition is caused by, and I don't think you would have guessed this even if I gave you a few more chances, a bacteria involved in gum disease. Gum disease. That's what they think Alzheimer's is caused by. The bacteria that causes gum disease. As oh, Then I'm fucked. Yeah, you do not go to the dentist. As populations have aged, dementia has skyrocketed. Just look at the present of the United States. It is the fifth biggest cause of death worldwide. Isn't that amazing? Really? Fifth biggest cause of death in the world. And Alzheimer's really? is 70% of dementia cases. And yet we don't know what causes it. Uh, it's a pretty horrible way to die as well because you lose memory and, you know, you forget your friends and loved ones. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we know some of the symptoms or the, the ways that people identify it is that there are proteins um, called amyloid and tau in the brain. And as they accumulate, that uh, sort of accompanies the earliest physical signs of the disease. So the condition has been theorized as being caused by the defective control of these proteins, which accumulates to form plaque in the brain. So the bulk of uh, research has been about these um, sort of protein hypothesis. Lots of money trying to block the proteins or destroy the proteins um, and try and cure it that way, but it hasn't worked. Um, so now there's this brand new idea uh, researchers have reported finding that the toxic enzymes that gingivalis, which is a uh, bacteria that feeds on human tissue, is found in the brain samples taken from Alzheimer's patients in an area important for memory. Um, and there, uh, the protein-degrading enzymes were found in high levels in brain tissue that also had... Um, more cognitive decline. So basically, they're saying that there is genetic material from this bacteria in the cerebral cortex um, in all of the Alzheimer's brains they've looked for it in. Um, when they gave this bacteria with this gum disease to mice, it led to brain infection and to amyloid production and neural damage and tangles of this tau protein and destroyed the nerves normally affected by Alzheimer's, which suggests causation. So they basically think that uh, it, it, somehow this gum disease bacteria, uh, when it builds up in like the edge of your gums and forms like inflamed pockets and things, it releases toxins and ends up getting into people's brains. Um, so uh, there's been uh, previous correlations like people with fewer teeth are more likely to have dementia. And... Uh, now it seems like we might know why. Wow. <clears throat> and so the other interesting thing there as well is um, the because we kind of could know where it is now and it's relatively effective in terms of preventative treatments, um, 
you just need to reduce your risk of gum disease, <laughs> which is seemingly not a very um, difficult thing to overcome. I mean, it's it's just part of dental hygiene. Um, but well, can be tough. Yeah, true. Yes. But I mean, if if I was to say to you, Michael, hey. Maybe floss a bit more because otherwise your last 10 years will be a living hell where you forget the faces and memories of your loved ones. I mean, I think you'd be slightly more inclined to floss every now and then. Depends if I could pick the ones that I forgot. (laughs) Well, maybe by that point we'll have isolated the genome and just be able to induce (laughs) a certain amount of selective Alzheimer's when and if you need it. But isn't that isn't that yeah. fascinating to think that, you know, we've had this brain disease which seems such a complex and and it is like a, a complex and, and crazy kind of awful disease to treat and to think that it might have just come about from something as simple as people not brushing their teeth well. <laughs> it's it's kind of It's a bit of a waste of a disease. Yeah, I mean it's not as way. fun as cancer where it's like, Oh yeah, it's my like body's like reproducing bits. No. Yeah. It's just like bloody teeth. I think I'm going to get Alzheimer's then on the back of that because um, my dentist has been saying that I need to take more care of my gums for literally 18 years. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's probably... um, Smoking is not going to help that. But... Well, I don't smoke anymore, mate. I haven't had a cigarette in... What, how many, what day is it? It is the 7th of February. Well, then I haven't had one in 38 days. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Gosh, this is an it's easy. This is an, an achievement. That's over a month. That's a month and a half. It was genuine, genuinely easy. <laughs> Gosh, well, that's... that's <laughs> Already smug. Already smug. Have, <laughs> already smug. Um... Have you uh, had the inclination to pick one up again? To be honest, I've had like, you know, no, uh, the answer is no. Like every now and then I've, I've been, I've wanted to, I'm like, oh, a cigarette would be nice. And I've had that thought, but it's definitely far from an overwhelming urge um, and to be honest, it's, it's been honest, it's been easy. And I, I even walk past. <laughs> this is the point that I'm at now. I was, I walk past people that are smoking now. If I walk through a beer garden or something or a cafe, and cafe. I'm like, I'm already like, I already like kind of hate the smokers. <laughs> like I, in my head, I've I've jumped on this. I've jumped on the other side. You're just like, and I'm like oh, uh, do you know smokers. how bad that is for you? Smoking, I literally, smoking kills. I literally think that. I literally think that. This is like goes back to like this tri. I think it's like tribal in a way. Those disgusting people standing at the front of my favorite brunch spot and they're smoking. Don't don't they know? I've, I've literally thought that. I've literally had that thought. Well, welcome to the club. Um, did yeah. you go buy it? Um, Nicorette gum or whatever, because I I think you were like you talked about it at the start. Oh, you got this vape pen, and oh, you got no, no. I I I I had a uh, I had a piece. Emma bought Emma had some Nicorette gum in the house, 
And so when I initially quit, I was like, I'll have a bit of this. And then I literally had like two bites of the gum and I chucked it out because I thought, well, what's the point of just replacing? Isn't the point to just get rid of the addiction and not like, I don't want to be hooked on this gum for the rest of my life. So I'm just going to. Yeah, I mean, that's not how the gum's meant to work. But yeah. No, I mean, I respect that. It's meant to feed you the nicotine, right? Yeah, but it's like as a step-by-step process. You start with high nicotine nicotine dose and then it like you wean yourself off it with a gradual decrease over um like a course of the the the, the gums how do i know this i don't yeah. know because um, well i'm proud yeah, well of i didn't i didn't do that it was uh, i found it pretty easy also my dad's incentivizing me oh uh, how somewhat well i'm giving him he's got I'm lung giving cancer him, uh, um, good one. <laughs> he, I, I'm, I'm actually giving him money each week because um, I'm planning to go to Sri Lanka in the middle of the year, and um, I'm giving him, I'm just paying him the money each week to just take it away from me because I can't, I'm not mature enough to actually keep my own savings. I have to literally throw it away. Chuck it in a, um, somewhere else. Chuck it in a hole. Yeah. Uh, so I'm get he, I'm giving it to him um, for that, and he's like, I think he's saying that every week that I don't smoke, he's going to put an extra twenty bucks in there. Oh, yeah. That's very sweet of him. So there's that, but um, but yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't really, I found it quite, and I'm, the 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 best thing is that uh, I feel great, and that's the biggest incentive to keep going. Do you actually, um, and have you noticed yourself feeling different? Massive, man. In, the, in the what way? Thing is, well, the best thing is, I used to wake up every morning and my mouth would taste like shit. And I just thought, like, I'd brush before I went to bed. I'd Listerine. I'd, like, go to town because I... And then I stopped smoking. And after a week, my mouth, I was just like, oh, my God, my mouth doesn't taste like... A, a fucking garbage truck and um, yeah i guess it was the just the smoking or just having that in the even if i smoked like one or two cigarettes a day it would just like taste like shit uh, and the other thing is like i every now and then i might get a bit of a wheeze like my lungs feel bigger um my skin looks better as you can probably tell yeah you're glowing you sent me that text earlier yeah you did say thank you for that text by the way no um, worries. I, and, I just yeah. I couldn't hold back from my feelings about it. Yeah. Um, but next time, don't have yeah, like the clothes on. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's uh, it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think the other thing is I don't. I haven't given. It wasn't like a. Defin- it wasn't like a. I didn't feel like a. I've forbidden myself. Completely from smoking because I thought it would be treacherous if i completely banned it like if i if i said to myself oh, if i can't i cannot have a cigarette that if i had one cigarette that would make me feel like oh well i've fucking thrown everything out the window now and then i would start smoking again it felt like oh if i had a cigarette that's okay you know if i got drunk one night and said oh just give me a puff of that cigarette that's okay yeah, you built um, in a, a little bit of a forgiveness for yourself, and it doesn't with that, with, like sure. with that sort of psych, psychological trick of, well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try and not have it, but I'm also not gonna freak out if I do. 
Absolutely. It's like the the forbidden fruit to me is going to be the most appealing thing. So don't make it forbidden. Um, Which is why I think you I've keep sending enough. me all those like sects. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why I've been sending you those, all those sects. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I am genuinely proud gonna... of you. I'm glad that it is yeah. um, somehow been relatively easy for you, which is kind of cruel in a way, because part of me wished that you'd fucking suffered. Uh, but Why? Just years of ignoring me. But, yeah, you but know, I suppose, you, just, I suppose I'll be the bigger be... man and say, you know what, it doesn't matter that you didn't suffer agonizing, painful withdrawals that really ruined your mood for weeks on end i'm i'm happy that it was so easy <laughs> uh do you mean that it sounds like you mean it i mean it. you do yeah. hey nick i was I gonna ask you a question and i realize that i don't know the answer to this question Go but i really it. need to know the answer what is your favorite fast food Okay, fast food. Are we counting like brand, like like a chain? Oh, I'm I'm assuming I'm, I, that was kind of where I was going with yeah, that. The, yeah, a chain. Because like I, as opposed to just like oh the fish and chip shop around the corner or whatever. You're talking about like no, 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 multinational. No, 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 no. What's the brand? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, uh, probably Nando's. That's the closest to really. Yep, closest I've to fast. I've never had a Nando's. That's that's okay. Never, never. Um, I always, you know, why I thought it was too expensive. Well, it, that's why I go to it because it's the posh person's fast food. It is it's, the pos- It is the posh person's fast food. It's also not that fast. That's how you know it's posh. You have to wait for <laughs> them to cook it. It's not just sitting there. <laughs> you have you have to sit there for a good ten minutes. It does look good. Yeah. There's a real culture of Nando's, Emma was telling me, in the in UK. In the UK, yeah. Which we don't have here. Oh, we got it here. You just got to look for it. You just got to peel back that um, Portuguese peri-peri spice and, and buried beneath it is, an, is a simmering broth of fandom, which uh, once you join the mm. masses, you'll find difficult to retrieve for yourself from. I do like the peri-peri. It's a very good, and particularly the peri-peri it's fries. It's very, very good. Okay, I'll forgive that because you're new to the family, but all of us, thank you. We've, we've been there before. Peri Peri Fries, that's where you've got to go. Get some, get some quality spicy seasoning on them potato chips. Nice. Yeah, uh, but that, that would be good. the only brand, of... that, only brand that I really go to. I, I, I can't say this without sounding like a brag, but it's not even a humble brag. It's just a proud brag. I haven't had McDonald's or like Hungry Jack's or whatever in about 15 years probably. Really? Yeah, fuck. Uh, that's the, uh, honestly that's the thing I miss most about being a vegetarian <laughs> is that I is fucking McDonald's. You don't I you fucking you can't, love it, dude. You don't want a McBroccoli or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I, have, I haven't had the McBrock yet. <laughs> um, uh, well, actually, Hungry Jacks have released a uh, released <laughs> into the wild. <laughs> I've unleashed I've unveiled. A, a vegan whopper, which I'm. I've. I when I was a vegetarian uh, before my meat eating stint, before this one. Yeah. Um. I did. I had a very good vegan uh, burger, but um, 
But like, uh, if I was I, if I was a vegan vegetarian person who was going to go eat a, a burger, like surely you'd go to one of the the premium like prestige burger brands who you know are going to make it a decent burger versus I know, but the you Whopper know what? Version. You know what? I understand that argument, but also sometimes you just want the shit. Like you don't. Um, but I like I maybe it comes down to like self worth, but <laughs> I sometimes I I just want like the the crappiest looking cheeseburger, like that's so appealing, with all the preservatives. I love preservatives. That orange cheese <laughs> dripping out the side. Oh man, I love that shit. I live for that shit. Oh. I literally am alive because of that shit. <laughs> that I doubt. I think that's almost contrary to all medical recommendations. But yes, no, no. I I was I was literally about to jump off a bridge and it, and and the hamburger himself <laughs> came, came and tackled you and talked me up. He's like, "Don't you look at this?" And yeah, it, yeah. Okay. The smell just took me off the ledge. Yeah. Um, what would you say your your go to fast food is? I mean, it has changed. Like the fast food options. Yeah, you've ma- you've matured a little bit. Yeah. No, just by virtue of the fact that yeah, I'm like a I'm like a rabid upper middle dog. class now. No, it just by virtue of the fact that I'm vegetarian, my options are limited. I I'm literally a dog, like with a muzzle, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you also feel disappointed that in Australia there are no? Uh, fast food brands which are outwardly homophobic for you to support? Uh, who are we talking here? The, the, <laughs> uh, the Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I would love a chick I, I I would love to eat a Chick-fil-A. Oh, not because <laughs> Even of though, the homophobia. But yeah, there's so many ways in which that's a confusing statement. Just heard good things. Just heard good just, things. That's about good. The taste. Yeah. Not about the ethics. Yeah. Or the chicken. I'd probably. I I was always partial to a good old meatball sub, to be honest. But what kind of meat is in that meatball? Well, my sister actually did work at, at Subway for about six months, and she said, "Fuck me, you're not going to be happy with what you know is in that." And I said, <laughs> "Please don't tell me." And she never told me. Yeah, uh, it. Yeah, it's, you can only imagine being horrible. Yeah. All the gristle but and bone I, that they scrape off the bottom of the abattoir. Uh, but, I mean, it tastes... You know what the funny thing about Subway? Every Subway sandwich tastes the same, no matter Subway what ingredients you put in. They've yeah. got all the ingredients. No matter what sauce, vegetables, it's, or meat you put in, it tastes the same. Is it's why it? every Subway restaurant smells the same. Is that same, like, it artificial does, kind smell. of, like... It's like this weird kind of dry lettuce smell where it's like yeah. it's something that used to be damp but it's like been under like a warming lamp for a while yeah. it just like yeah. wafts out the front of the store and you're like yeah. oh yeah that's the subway smell yeah they should distill that into a cologne because um i think there are some some people out there that that would be very attractive to. <laughs> uh this is uh going back to nando's but i think one of the most um interesting uh market positioning choices that they made was they now sell all of their sauces and flavorings and salts and everything in supermarkets supermarkets what is what some of them yeah what an interesting choice from a brand perspective to be like people love nando's 
we should let them make Nando's at home. Like, what? A, that's a bold fast food position. Mm. You it's don't like, like giving away the secret herbs and spices, or like, like the the Coca Cola recipe. Yeah, it's like here you can mix this up if you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's almost like a good look. Yeah, <laughs> see if you can make it taste as good as ours. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. we know with a, like, with a chip salt, slightly worse. Yeah. yeah. With a chip sold, it's like, well, okay, it's never going to taste like deep fried chips, but I can dump some like uh, peri peri sauce on a chicken breast. That's going to taste like Nando's. Um, so yeah. it is kind of seeding that cost, but I suppose the idea being, well, if you're paying us for the sauce in this form, then it's something, isn't it? Mm. Where do you stand on? Oh, by the way, this is this is also one of the hardest words to say. But oporto, how is that o- the hard? O- o- yeah. How do you pronounce that? A porto, like you said. A porto. <laughs> I find it so Why? hard to say. Why? A porto. I don't know. Just, Oporto. okay. A porto. No, you know A how to porto. say the word port, yeah? A porto. Port. A porto. What is A wrong porto. with you? How, what is, it's how, are you, how are you, it's just the word port with O on either side. A port. Yeah, A, but. It's the it's it's the it's the it's the confusion in my brain over whether to pronounce the O as an O or an O, or to mix and match. O porto. I mean, I can't say O porto. Potentially, if it was ridiculous. I don't know Spanish or whatever, you might have to say O porto. You know, and there's that porto. Pe- a porto. I could do it. I, that's what I should do it a in porto. a Spanish accent. Yeah. A porto. A porto. Oh, I could do. I can do it like that. Yeah. I just can't do it. Uh, where do I stand on a porto? Um, yeah. They don't have it over here, and I didn't really eat it much home, so I don't know. Wow, that's exactly. Actually, no, no. You know what? Here's a story, Michael. Thank you for bringing it up. I went to a Porto at the Melbourne Domestic Airport, and you know that's what I what thought? I... Yeah, rubbish, absolute Dry. rubbish. I felt like one yeah. of the people, a blue collar worker. I stood next to a man in a vest, a vest, Michael. Good on you. Good on and you, by the way. I ordered what I thought was going to be a satisfying sort of pitta rappy chicken thing. Absolute trash. Absolute waste of time. It had cabbage. It had red cabbage, Michael, on the side of it. A cabbage cabbage in a wrap. And it tasted like bad. So you know what? I've I've revised my... I've had bad before. I've revised my uh, previous statement. It is a bad flavored food wow yeah i think i've had that once and it was i was like why why i think why? a porto is trying to be the nandos of the burger world and it's not working for them they're gonna be the poor man's nandos <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes fast food chat um i have a uh this is not really a segment. This is more just like an aside before we wrap this shit up. Um, something came in the mail the other day, which I found interesting. Uh, they call it a pamphlet or a note or some kind of a folio. And the, uh, there's like sort of an ancient, I guess, animal carved face on the front of the thing. And then underneath it says, Introducing a Satru. Have you ever heard of Asatru, Michael? Is that a restaurant? Have you heard of Asatru Folk Assembly? Now, Is that a band? It should be. Uh, 
uh, I think they've foreseen that some people may not know Asatru yet, because the very first <laughs> um, very first page says, what is Asatru? Yeah. very first page of this pamphlet <laughs> says, what is Asatru? And it says, Asatru is the reconstructed spirituality of pre-Christian European peoples. What? It's a religion. It's a religion. Get out of here. It was the faith for most of Northern Europe prior to the spread of Abrahamic religions about 1,500 years ago. Most notably, and I don't know where you're at with religion these days, whether you're looking for something new to try, but most notably, it was practiced by the Vikings. Wow. In their now famous raids of 793 AD, at a time when Christian missionaries were fanatically spreading the love of Jesus across Europe. They were not. They were celebrating Asatru and also raping and pillaging. But, you know, it's the Dark Ages for a reason. Did they provide evidence of this massive claim? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. They shunned foreign religion, i.e. Christianity, for 250 years. But (laughs) They shunned. They shunned. They're like, nah, nah, we got us. We gave Christianity the cold shoulder. We gave it a shot. And, yes, finally they yielded with Iceland, the last to Christianize in about 1000 AD. But here's some exciting news, Michael. Tell me. The tables are turning. And today, Iceland is experiencing Europe's strongest resurgence of Asatru. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, this is so much just a wall of text. But Asatru is Old Norse for true to the Aesir gods. It's more than a religion. It's a civilization. It has its own culture, its own martial arts, languages, and alphabets. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, also, and this is this is an interesting pitch. If you're if you if you're pitching a religion to people, I think this is possibly a sign that it's not going too well because the next mm-hmm. line is, "Asatru <laughs> isn't a joke." <laughs> It's a living and breathing spiritual reality. When people rediscover it, it literally makes sense of who they are and where they came from. <laughs> literally. Literally. But here, again, I think by the end of this, I'm going to win you over. As a religion, Asatru is easy. There is no Bible or holy book. We do not believe in original sin, and we love life and our planet. We believe in living Do they have an its- app? <laughs> they got an app. They believe in living to its fullest, misspelling its there with an apostrophe. Um, they're connected Alarm to bells. nature and the seasons. <laughs> Alarm bells there. Alarm bells. And we even believe there is something special about mead. <laughs> the warm wine. <laughs> the warm beverage, wow. which we drink without guilt. We believe um, in taking care of our bodies and minds and not polluting them with junk food. Sorry, a porto. Mindless TV. <laughs> <laughs> pornography and inactive lifestyles they do then say we believe in playing which arguably is pornography um, see this is contradictory Asajju is a religion of do's rather than don'ts unless the do is pornography Asajju isn't meek and mild we don't believe in turning the other cheek if someone slaps you we believe you have the right to slap them back this is my kind of guy while Christianity idolizes sheep and doves, Asatru reveres wolves and eagles, the sexiest nice. of the animals. 
<laughs> they are sexy. <laughs> the uh, yeah. Here's 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 they wrap it up. Okay. This is so. I don't know if I've won you over yet, Michael. You have. I'm, I'm certainly you considering have. it. Here's here's the final pitch. Here's, this is bearing in mind this has come out to uh, a New Zealand audience, so potentially they're sure. they're preaching to the choir here. But uh, <laughs> this is this is the final pitch. Yeah. The world that J.I.R. Tolkien created in Lord of the Rings is inspired by Asatru beliefs. Wow. Gandalf is modelled on Odin. Gandalf's horse, Shadowfax, is Sleipnir. And Tolkien's elves, dwarves, and giants all come from our mythology. If you enjoyed Lord of the Rings, why don't you try Asatru? It doesn't actually close like that, does it? Doesn't. It doesn't. That's my summary. But it does absolutely oh, say right. Lord of the Rings, J.I.R. Tolkien... Um, it sounds like the Scientology of New Zealand. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly appealing in many ways. Um, it's like the religion of hedonism, but without junk food and porn. Yeah. The uh, the cost is free to turn up to one of their information sessions. So, uh, you know, I'm going to get just a, a gang of people together. We'll go, uh, go try something, you know, Viking related. Man, I reckon that would be fucking interesting to go to. It would be interesting. I think we should go to. go to it. I think I missed some of them, but it seems like they're relatively weekly. How do you spell it? I'm gonna look these guys up. A S A T R U. Asatru. Asatru. It sounds like a beer, actually. Written You're down. thinking of Asahi. Oh. Well, now I'm gonna get them confused. Well, they encourage drinking beer and mead, so I think you'll be fine. Nicholas. Um, actually, you know, we haven't done an impression of the week in ages, but I don't think I've been working on any. <laughs> I'll have to check with myself and see whether I've been working on anything. <laughs> Let me just see if Michael's present. Michael? Michael, are you there, um, Michael? I've been doing, I've been working on a few characters, um... I've been doing this guy, this uh, character called Bridge Guy to Emma, which she fucking hates more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's, for for some reason, we were driving over a bridge and then I just launched and it just came to me, really. Um, Just a bolt of genius from the heavens above. (laughs) You know, I don't, your words, not mine. Um, But it's, it's a bridge guy, right? So that's not actually my name, but I just fucking love bridges. They're so long. Oh my God, how the fuck did you get in the ocean? You're just holding everybody up like this? Fuck. Bridges are so fucking good. That's all it basically is. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a, it's just a bridge guy. It's one of my favorites, if I can be completely honest. If you've enjoyed this kind of thing, well, I'm delighted because I've enjoyed making it. There's so much more out there. There's so much you can enjoy in this universe. It's at deepfort.podbean.com, but it's also outside your window right now. Who's that person walking past? Didn't I see them earlier? Isn't Actually Wait, that's front. a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> she got scared. <laughs> <laughs> the 
was, I threw myself off with my own dumb bit. Um, go to iTunes and rate us five stars. Go to facebook.com forward slash deepfort. Go to twitter.com slash deepfort. And uh, send us your questions and your comments to deepfort at gmail.com. We check it. We do. I promise. We check it. <laughs> Once every blue moon. Hey, don't, don't diminish our accomplishments. What's in store for the E? Uh, what is it now? Nearly 10? I'll probably go make myself a hot crust bun and watch a bit of TV. Oh, fucking hell. Hot crust buns. <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> you suck and suck. <laughs> make myself a hot crust bun. Oh. How are my friends with you? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Come, why? Um, you are an what are you? What are you? What are you? What are you? Old lady at best. What? You're a sad old. That's lady. a good person's a food. Fun. A hot crust bun. No. <laughs> what are it's you so talking shit. about? What's with, wrong with, with raisins, it? it? It's got yeah. It's chocolate. your fruit intake for the day. That's a serving of fruit, my friend. Don't come to me, Captain so your fruit, Alzheimer's. Your fruit, in, your fruit intake is going to be three sultanas, is it? No. A I, shitload of bread. No. I had my I had my smoothie earlier today. But I do eat Have a lot you of bread. Up the origin of hot cross buns. Yeah, I eat what it because it? it makes me feel like I'm eating Jesus. <laughs> well, he probably wants you to. Sick fuck. Sick body fuck. of Christ. <laughs> fucking eat me. <laughs>